Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. I was an, I'm an all-or-nothing kind of guy, and I was a full-fledged, flat-out athlete. I was a professional figure skater, trained at the Mariposa School of Skating. Doug Lee was my coach. I trained with Brian Orser, who was a world champion at the time. And so I was in a school of champions. Um, and you, you think different when you're in that, that, that kind of a group um, because you, you, you think you're going to be a champion and you work to be a champion. My summers were spent, I would go to the rink at 5 in the morning and I would train till 6 at night. I had, we had breaks in between, but that was my entire summer, Monday to Friday. So I didn't get summer holidays. That was just the, the, the summer. My, my, my training in the week and school was, was also uh, quite a bit. But, um, you know, one thing that I, I, when I, when I was in my traditional, it was, it was very traditional, and, and I, I had a good foundation in it, but it wasn't enough for me when I started going gung-ho all out for the skating career. And I had God in the, in the center of it when I started, but then it became my God. And, and part of it became my God because I wasn't all out for God because I didn't know how to be all out for God. I didn't. I knew to a certain degree, and it was this was enough. And so I just kind of let it fall to the wayside. But and some of you have heard this story, but I'm going to share it again because a lot of you haven't. And, um, and those of you that have heard it, you might hear something new that I bring out that I didn't bring out the last time. <laughs> but um, but uh, I encountered my dad who had gone to this uh, Pentecostal church. And he, that was a real no-no because people who spoke in tongues were of the devil. So my dad was venturing out. He was exploring, and um, this this youth pastor was just had really captured my dad in terms of piqued his curiosity and kind of got him thinking, and so he kind of provoked my dad with different things when he would meet him, and it got my dad curious so that my dad started going to this Pentecostal church, and then um, he started telling me, and and he was telling me about these youth and how they're like totally radical for God. And I'm like, what, youth? Like, you go to church, and everyone, you know, you do your Bible lesson, and, you know, we're good, and you got to be good. And that was what you did when you went to church, and as youth, it was kind of boring. So he's telling me this, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll check it out. So I went and checked it out, and I'll tell you, these guys, the passion and the fire and the just the, guys, this is what we need. We need this. We need this. We're, 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 we're in pilot mode a lot of the times. We're just kind of just, and it's like there is so much more that the Spirit of God has for us. So much more that he wants to pour out and he wants to give us. And, and so when I, when I saw this there, I just, I was like, wow, there is something here that I have not seen before. And 
this doesn't look like the devil to me. There's too much joy. There's too much peace. There's too much power. These lives are not becoming worse. They're becoming better. Because there were some guys there that were bad boys in our school two years before that I saw were different. That's where the power is. Changed lives. But it was the Holy Spirit power. And so they were praying this weird language and they were going off and off. And I'm like, wow, this is really different. And of course, I was taught it was the devil. And so when I came home, my parents were really scared that I was like going and venturing out. And uh, you just be careful. Just be careful. Right. But the thing that I saw, this pastor came to the skating rink one day and he saw us training and he saw the dedication of all these athletes. And he said one thing to me and it, and it really got me. And he said, you know what, if I could take this dedication and I could take this, everything that these, these people have and put it towards God, there is nothing that they wouldn't be able to do. They would be unstoppable. And I'm like, is this guy for real? Like God can do this? God could actually use people and use their dedication and there's way more things that he could do. There's not do's and don'ts and this you can do and this you can't do and all these restrictions along the way, right? Because that's what happens when we get religious and we get stuffy and we get stuck. We need the power of God to blast those things out. We need to begin to see that God, you can do anything. Amen? Thank you, Trish. <laughs> Can I have another amen? <laughs> All right. We need this. And so I went and, and I was just intrigued by it, intrigued by it, intrigued by it. But I didn't know how to receive this thing because the thing that I had with my Mennonite denomination, and, the, and one thing that they taught me well was... You're not worthy of anything. It's a, it's, a, it's a mentality of you work hard, and, but you're not really worthy. And you, you got to be humble, and, and you're not worthy. You're not worthy. You're not worthy. And that makes you work harder, apparently. So I'm being a little bit suspicious, but um, it is the mentality. And so when they were saying God wants to give you this, I just was like, I, I don't think I'm worthy enough. I don't think I'm good enough. Right. And and so it took me a while to, to just be beginning to, to just understand God loves me. God loves me. But one day it just clicked and I just realized, no, God is a good God and this is a gift. And all I have to do is receive it. It's for me. It's a gift. He wants to just give me. And you know what? No one laid hands on me. No one prayed for me. It literally was in my seat, and I was just there, and the preacher was just preaching on the Holy Spirit, and I just began to pray in tongues, and the power of God came over me. And I just just started praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. I could barely walk up to the front when they wanted us to pray, get prayed for. It poured into me to the point where I couldn't stand up anymore. I couldn't drive home that night. And I was like, okay. And when I came home, my parents were really worried. They're like, okay, 
this guy's been at a bar. And, and this is what we were talking about, this tongue stuff. You got to watch. It's from the devil. <clears throat> and, and so, but the thing that they saw is they saw a change because my life began to change for the good. And my life began to be transformed from the inside out. And there was a power working in me. And at that time, my, I'm not going to get into my family situation, but it was a mess. My parents were close to divorce. My sister ran off from her husband. My brother was a drug addict. It was a mess. I was a proud athlete, so full of myself. But I knew I needed more. And I encountered the Holy Spirit. And I would walk for hours and just and pray in the Spirit of God. Pray, pray. And it would burn. This, the fire of the Spirit would burn and burn and burn. And all the things, you know, because all the naysayers, all the negative things, that I would just, I would see it hit, but it would just ricochet because I would see that this was from God and this was so real and it was so powerful. And it would just knock out those things. And you know what? Bit by bit, I was changed, but everything around me began to change. God just began to, he totally shifted my whole life, shifted everything. And then in our youth group, we had an outpouring of, of the Holy Spirit. We had a, thank God we had a youth pastor that was open to the Holy Spirit's power. But we grew our youth group from 12 to 90 in one year. And, and not on programs, not on games, but on literally we're praying and we're asking God and the spirit of God starts moving. Word of knowledge starts happening. Miracles start happening. Things are, and we're like, we're so excited because it's like, we didn't know what God was going to do next. And guess who we got? We got all the bad boys and girls at church, at, at the school. We got the ones that were, were like, we're going to check this out. They came in to, do, to cause some trouble. And guess what? They bumped into God. And instead of them wrecking God's world, God wrecked their world. And this is, was the norm. Because that's what we were pressing in for. And the Holy Spirit has that for us. The Holy Spirit has more for all of us. And we got to stop coming in for just a service. We got to come hungry. We've got to come desperate for more of him. We've got to come where we're not just filling it on Sunday here, but we're taking our week and we're taking that time and we're letting him fill us. We're letting him satisfy us. We're letting him be the one that, that works in us. And I want us to go to uh, Romans 8. We're going to just look at the effects of the Holy Spirit in our life um, <clears throat> because he is the life-giving spirit and he brings life. And so it says here, I love this in Romans 8. We're going to just do, go through the chapter. It says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Amen? None. Zero. Zero. We can't mix a little bit of it in there. It's, it's zero. And this is why. Because you belong to him. And, be, and, and the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So the spirit of life has broke the power 
of the law of sin and death. It's a higher power. It's like the law of lift. How many know we're all kind of subject to gravity right now? It's the law of gravity. But people that are in a plane, guess what? They broke that law. They're in the law of lift. It's another law. And yes, obviously gravity is keeping them down in their seat, but they're also in a higher law. They can fly. So we are in the spirit of life. It is a higher law that sets us free from the law of sin and death. Amen? And, and we're going to get to the nitty-gritty because you know what we really need the Spirit's power for? To live free from sin. To live free from the, from the works of the flesh. To live free from the everyday things in life that operate in the flesh. Because that's where we get tripped up. And so it says here, <clears throat> the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So before the Spirit came, we were not able to overcome sin. We would keep falling. We would keep falling. It says, so, uh, it says here, so God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. We're going to partake of communion um, after the service just to remember that. And he did this so that the, re the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead we follow the Spirit. So Jesus fulfilled the law's obligations. He took it and he said, I'm doing this for you so that you don't have to do it. If you follow me, I will give you the power to do it without following the law. Because we cannot do it out of do's and don'ts. We can't. How many have tried? You do it for a bit, you're good for a while, and then you mess up once, right? And then you mess up again. And then, oh man, I messed up. I'm gonna just jump right in, right? Anyone been there, done that, got all 12 t-shirts and bumper stickers and all the rest? But he says here, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Amen? So this is what it's like. It's an exchange. It's an exchange. And it says here, uh, if the sinful nature is, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. So guess what? Your sinful nature, it does not want to listen to you. Your spirit man says pray, and your sinful nature says, ah, eat some Doritos, sit on the couch, have some chill time. Come on, you deserve it. You really deserve it. Come on. How many, we've been lied to on that. And you sit on the couch and eat Doritos. Sit on the couch and eat Doritos. And what, what happens? I'm not saying you don't have relaxing time, but we know when we're do doing the go-to and we're avoiding what we need to do. Let's get honest, right? 
Let's get honest with ourselves. It says here, but it, your sinful nature is always hostile to God and never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. And we, the only way you can get out of that is by the power of the Holy Spirit. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Amen? And Christ lives in, within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you and me. That same Spirit that raised him from the dead, that same power that resurrected Jesus lives in me. Amen? And it says here, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Amen? So he gives life to our mortal bodies. How many know we need life given to our mortal bodies sometimes? Sometimes the body wears down. Sometimes we wake up in the morning and we're like, what happened? How many? You look in the mirror and you're like, who are you? Like, what happened? You know, some weeks it's like... And then you're like, your, your body, and you're just like, you got to put yourself, and, and it's like, then we have to remind ourselves, no, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Amen? That power is, is, is raising my mortal body. It gives life to my mortal body. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. It's all it is, is urges. Guys, it's the one bounce rule, I call it. Your eyes bounce. And we live in a world, and it's for girls too, but guys are very stimulated by visual. But there's a lot of things you can see that will cause you to sin. And the one bounce rule, because you can't stop seeing certain things. They just happen. But it's one bounce, move on. If you have two bounces, three bounces, four, it's like, okay, now you're following an urge. So the one bounce rule. And guess what? They're all your brothers and sisters. If you look at them like that, you've only got one that God gave you. And the rest, they're your brothers and sisters. <laughs> so you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will what? Wow. You will die. <laughs> I love the Word of God. It's just like, Simple. Oh, that wasn't very nice. Well, that's what it says. You're going to die. If you follow those urges, death is waiting for you. But if through what? The power of the Spirit. Amen? 
How many need more of the power of the Spirit? Come on. We need more. We need more. But it says, but if you, through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. So one of the greatest things that the Spirit of God has been given to us to do is to slay sin, to chop it and crucify it and put it to death. And this is uh, 14. For all who are what? Led by the Spirit are what? Children of God. That's what makes us children. That we are led by the Spirit. I want us to go to Galatians 5.16 now. Because we're going to go into this a little bit more. Just kind of break it down into the nitty gritty. Um... Start at verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Okay, so here again, it's saying, let, look, let the Holy Spirit be the one that you follow. It's not, Holy Spirit, you're coming with me. It's, Holy Spirit, where do you want to go? And I'm following you. It's, it's not, you run ahead. It's, Holy Spirit, I'm available. I'm going to work here. I thank you that you're with me, and you're listening for him, and you're following him. Amen? It's a whole different thinking. It's a whole different mentality. So it says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Because the sinful nature craves this. Me. I think, I feel, I want. I think, I feel, I want. Those three things. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. He tries to let those be the ones that dominate your life. And it's like, no, no. I am following the Spirit of God. And I am not following those, those sinful natures, those cravings. Because it says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. <laughs> so guess what a good rule is? Whatever your flesh wants to do, just do the opposite. Good rule. Good rule. Let's take this, the rocket science out of it and let's just do it. Just do the opposite of what your flesh is screaming. And it says here, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. How many have felt the fight? <laughs> it says so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed by the Spirit, and this is the key, guys. And this is why when Jesus sent them on the day of Pentecost, he says, guys, you need this power. You need the Holy Spirit to lead your life. You need, you need this or you won't be able to be led. You won't be able to be filled with power to be able to do it from the inside out. You, you need this. And, it, and, and, it, and the only way we can do it is we have to let the Spirit direct our lives. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So it's not about do's and don'ts. 
It's not about operating out of obligation. Guys, how many things in life do we do constantly out of obligation? Lots. And there are things we have to do because it's our responsibility. I'm not saying, you know, you just live this, you know, free spirit-led life. It's like, where's the spirit leading me? And, you know, you go weird and wonky. No, but it's this motivation on the inside that it's constantly dependent on you. It's constantly something you've got to make happen. It's constantly out of obligation and duty instead of being led by the Spirit. Okay, Spirit of God, what is it that you want me to do? I know you want me to honor my, my boss. Show me how to do this. I want to be led by you. Show me how to, how to be honoring. Show me how to sow good seeds today because you said whatever I sow, I reap. Show me how to what seeds do I need to sow? Lead me, Holy Spirit. And then you, you start listening. You start allowing him to begin to lead you. We're so, we're just, I, I don't know how to explain it, but we live in a culture that is so self-made. This totally offends us. People don't want the Spirit of God working in them. They don't want to be directed by the Spirit of God. They don't want to go to prayer meeting and, and allow God and the Spirit of God to work in their hearts. And They don't want that because I'm good enough on my own. We fight this constantly. I fight it, and I'm the pastor. I fight it. Every day, I have to tell my mind, no, shut up, mind. You are not that smart. The Spirit of God has more. And you're going to miss it. And I have to slap it in the, because it goes off. Oh, I got this one. I got this one. Great. Then give it to the Holy Spirit, because he might want to do something different. Or he might want to do something more. Or he might have a whole different way of doing it. But I went in pilot mode and just, we can just get in that whole rut. And it's like, no, he has more for us. And it says here, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. He spells it out for us here, guys. And let's kind of just get a refresher. This is what flesh looks like, okay? Sexual immorality. How many know that's pretty clear? Right? Impurity. Lustful pleasures. And lustful pleasures are not just sex. Lustful pleasures is anything that you're doing in excess where all you do is you're living for that pleasure. It can be all kinds of things. There's a whole wazoo of things that we have for pleasures in our culture. So it's when we are lusting after that continually and we're living out of that. And that's, we literally have a lifestyle of that where we're just living out of that. Then it says here, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. Any of these things kind of operate every once in a while, and you're like, why are you here? I am supposed to be walking in the Spirit. When did you show up? Anyone been surprised by a few of these? 
all of a sudden they're like, they pop up and you're like, oh my, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, ouch, that one is like, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is this motivation right that I'm doing this? And he'll show you if you ask him. And it hurts when you, when you ask him. Dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and others like these. He says, let me tell you again, as I have before that, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he's not saying that you've, you've not struggled. But when you accept it as a lifestyle and you say that this is normal, then the kingdom of God is not for you. You cannot accept it as a normal lifestyle. When you're convicted and you know it's wrong, that's a good thing. And when, when, you, when you're struggling to get out of something, that's a good thing. That means you're fighting it. It's people that accept it and say, no, I'm okay with this. This is part of the way I live, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's where Paul is saying, no, the kingdom of God is not, not for you. We live in a culture that's adding a lot of things to the smorgasbord of God, right? Come on. And we call it road rage. Let's, let's give it a name, and we have an excuse. Yeah, I just, I deal with road rage. No, you have an anger problem, and you need to repent, and you need to let the Spirit of God come in and take control. Amen? We can't make excuses. And it says here, um, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Let's say them together. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you do these things, this is what it says, if there is no law against these things. In other words, if you do these, there is nothing that can be said bad about you. You will do everything right if you follow all of these. And this is what being led by the Spirit is. I'm taking the hocus pocus out of it for us. Because the Holy Spirit leading us is I will respond in love. I will respond in goodness. I will respond in kindness. I will respond in patience. Ouch. That's a hard one sometimes, right? I will respond with faithfulness, gentleness. <laughs> Amen? And what? Self-control. It's like, oh, I know this. Yeah, we know this, but we live in a culture where this is being tested continually, continually. And how many know with, with mental health right now at a high, high, high rate, we have lots of opportunity to walk in the fruit of the Spirit and to let the power of God live in us so that we can show something different to everyone around us. Amen? We need this power working in us like never before. And it says, those who belong to Christ 
have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the, his cross and crucified them there. Amen? And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen? Every part. Every part. We want to let the Spirit of God in. In every part. See, there's parts we exclude them in. I can yell at this one because you know what? They deserve it. <laughs> Come on. We, we have these, these categories and these things. Well, I can do this here because we have all these different rules. And it's like, no, we have to let the Spirit of God work in every part. That means, Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this situation right now? What is it that you are doing? What is it that you want to begin to change in me in this situation? And giving him room every single time. Because it says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Another translation says, keeping in step with the Spirit, step by step by step. It's a progressive thing. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit because he doesn't, he doesn't give you just and say, do all of it. He gives you steps, especially when you're struggling. And he gives you steps. And step by step by step, his power comes and it gives you the ability to be changed. We're going to partake of communion. Mike, if you want to come on up and just play in the background, we're going we're gonna to take communion. And then I want us to, we're going to finish off with this portion in uh, Romans. But we're going to partake of communion right now. Just because I want us to remember that it's all because of Christ. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.